0: Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Claussen, And today we are gonna dive into the Ayurvedic approach to working out. So welcome if you are new to the show, a little background on myself, um, especially for this topic. So I am a certified personal trainer and I've been one for um, 15 years now. And I'm also an Ayurvedic wellness counselor and a 500 hour yoga teacher. So I have a lot of um, wellness background. And so I wanted to come to this um, to this episode from that approach and blending the East and the West and just showing an option for you if you are someone who likes a tangible plan. Like what should I do on Monday? What should my workout be? What would it look like on Tuesday? Um, that's all laid out on my blog. So if you are if you are a visual person, I would highly recommend um, just heading over to my blog, which is just on my website, andreaclawson.com forward slash blog. Um, and you'll see this, this episode right there. And that would be a great place to kind of just browse and um, take notes. I'm also going to be just kind of walking us through it and giving you a little bit more background on what Ayurveda says on these topics, as well as my own personal experience with um, dabbling in it the last couple months. So if you're brand new to Ayurveda, Ayurveda is a system that originated in India over 5,000 years ago, and um, it's a wellness system. And it teaches us how to stay um, in balance. And a lot of the times we are looking at that through the doshas, uh, the vata, pitta, kapha, you might've heard. And they make up our unique constitutions, we call it. So our prakriti, the constitution we were born, um, for example, like I was a pitta. And your vikriti, which would be maybe an imbalance that is presenting itself right now, which might be vata for myself, tends to be my vikriti. So um, that's just a little just kind of caveat on this. Now, I learned some of this information from Nidhi Padya and um I went to her workshop. So this is where a lot of the information is pulled from and she is a third generation ayurvedic um practitioner. So this has got a little bit of that. I'm not going to touch on the doshas. I think I maybe have done that a few years ago where your vatas, here's some good workout um, practices. If you're a pitta, here's some workout practices and kapha. I'm going to stick to a little bit more high level and not dive into the doshas specifically for today. So when we are looking at exercise, you know what, what do we currently recommend in the West? You know, often we have a set time, you know, 120 minutes a week of active, you know, getting our heart rate up, uh, what that might look like. It could be two or three days of strength training. You might run walk, um, or you might just have two days a week of actual exercise because you might, um, have that 120 minutes. You just work out 60 minutes, two days a week. And under the Western guidelines, that would be suffice now. Mm, in actuality, that's not the best approach to go for myself. Being active every single day is always a win. So, um, I'd rather have people spread that out and be active 10 minutes a day, um, or 20 minutes a day, every single day versus doing it just two days of actual movement. Um, just for your own health benefits, you're going to see a little bit more bang for your buck if you're spreading it out versus these big, long sessions. So what does Ayurveda say then about this? The first thing that's a little bit different is practicing abhinyanga before you exercise. So Abhyanga is self massage, and typically you use an oil. Sesame is the universal oil that's great for all three doshas, and you would just make long strokes um, up towards your heart or down towards your heart, depending on what body part you're doing, and then circular motions around your joints. That's just to kind of warm up the body. So you can kind of almost see this as a warm up. You know, so in the West we we have our um, warm ups, our dynamic warm ups. You might foam roll, whatever you're doing. Um, Abhyanga is kind of that foam roll. Um, from the Ayurvedic perspective, next, the Ayurveda suggests to work out fasted if possible. And ideally you are working out between six and 10 AM. So if you are someone who wakes up and you're starving, um, that's just, that's a whole nother podcast topic, but that's a little bit about your Agni or your digestifiers that maybe you're burning a little bit too, too hot and you're getting a little bit too much there. You should be able to slide into a workout if you do need something, um, Ayurveda suggests two dates. So eating two dates or soaking five almonds overnight and peeling them and having those before your workout. So for myself, like dates are just easier to consume than going through the process of soaking almonds overnight. Cause sometimes you don't know if you're going to be hungry for them or not in the morning. Um, and that's, that's an option there. And another one they say is if thirsty, thirsty, <laughs> they recommend peppermint tea. So I've never done that myself. I've always stuck to water. I love water. Um, I'm a water gal. So take that one or leave that one. If you tend to run hot, maybe peppermint tea is going to be a better option for you. So those are the kind of four principles, you know, having those time of day doing the Abhanyanga, what to eat or not to eat before the workout, and then what to drink. So let's go through that five day protocol. The first protocol I'm going to go through is a gentle muscle building protocol. This is great if you're out of balance near vata dosha, as well as if you're in your twenties. So this is kind of the routine to follow. So an example, Mondays, maybe you do a stretch workout stretch could mean yoga. So just so you kind of have an idea of what stretch means. Um, It could also mean if you have a morning yoga practice, that could be your stretch for the day. Tuesday strength. So strength class could be like a bar class. Um, it can be a body weight exercise class. It can be, um, grabbing some lighter dumbbells and doing some strength training Wednesday rest Thursday, gentle cardio, which could mean walking. Um, it could mean the class, you know, that I've talked about with Taryn Toomey. that one's great for cardio as well. Um, getting your heart rate up for a few minutes and then bringing it back down. So that's, um, and it's not like heavy intervals. So if you think about that, you would maybe have your heart rate elevated for one minute, and then you would decrease your heart rate for three minutes. So it's going to be a lot heavier on the, the, the down than the up Fridays. You're back to the stretch Saturdays, a strength Sunday rest. So that is the ideal for that gentle muscle building. And if you are brand new or you haven't worked out in a long time, that's a great place to start is with the gentle. Now the moderate is going to be um, where you want to end up. This is where most people want to be. So after you've built up that strength um, and you've been doing your routine for a few months, then you're going to kind of slide on over into this um, this routine, and it's really not that much different. So this is where um, again, once you're in your 30s, this is a great place to be. Monday again, you're going to do stretch. Tuesday strength. Wednesday rest. Thursday stretch and or cardio. Friday strength, Saturday rest, Sunday light stretch. So again, both have two days a week of resting um, and they just have different, slightly different variations on, um, you know, maybe doing a little bit more with your stretch and cardio one day. So this, you know, what's what's the difference when we're kind of looking at these? Um, where, How is this different maybe than a Western approach? Cause I mean, even just reading that to you, and me hearing it for the first time i'm like okay this this checks out to me so the just the slight slight differences that we um look at from the eastern perspective is you don't want to work out until you are profusely sweating that's going to deplete your ojas your vital energy so that's kind of a little shift from the west you know we think like the hit classes the orange theories the more 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 is better and that's not always the case Now, another caveat, if you are a professional athlete, if you are someone who is training for a half marathon or marathon, you're going to have a different protocol as well, because you're going to be a little bit more on that professional side of things. And it's not, um, it's not going to be following these protocols. Now you also adjust your workouts to the seasons. So I'll share a little bit more about the seasonal component with it in a second, and then less focus on kind of the aesthetic and more on maintaining body tissue and ojas for lifelong health. So a lot of times, you know, we think about like, okay, it's going to be, it's January. So if you're working out and maybe you're visualizing yourself, you know, in June wearing a tank top and you have toned arms that might get you through in the West and the East, they would rather have you focus on how is your body tissue? How is your health long-term, you know, not just for this June, upcoming June, but is this workout going to sustain you for the rest of your life? Or is your workout protocol going to land you with an injury that might, um, you know, set back your body, um, in terms of like tissue quality. So like I've tore my labrum in my right shoulder playing tennis, um, in college, that's something that I can never get back. Like that torn labrum it's, it's the protective sheath around your rotator cuff. And, um, all what I can do is, I mean, strength training is actually one of the best things for it because that helps me have range of motion in my shoulder and I'm able to lift things, but I can't ever, that, that tear is always going to be there even with surgery, which, um, you know, I've been told by different physicians that shoulder surgery, a is really hard surgery and B with those labrum tears. Like I had, um, they really didn't recommend, you know, and I was 22, you know, at 22 to do that, that was just, it was going to be too much. So that's what we're looking at. We're thinking of that long-term health and not that maybe short term gain where you could tear something or you could lose cartilage in the knees, you know, from excessive running. So that's kind of what they're looking at. Now, I just want to touch base just slightly on the seasonal component, because if you're also programming your workouts and you're thinking, okay, when's the best time to work out? It's actually right now, you know, the fall season and winter season when it's colder outside. So it's really calming to the Vata and Kapha doshas. So fall and winter is a great time to maybe up your workouts. Plus if it is colder out, especially where you live, you're probably not going to sweat as much. So You probably can work a little bit harder. Um, just because I know for myself, like I, I don't sweat as hard in the winter months as I do in the summer, springtime, springtime is a great time to increase your cardio. So the cardio, it doesn't mean, you know, running a 5k or a 10k or, or farther, you know, cardio can simply mean going for walks every day, getting outside in nature. Um, cardio can mean maybe going for bike rides, you know, whatever you like to do, but that's, that's where it can be upped a little bit in that spring, which a lot of us, if we're tapped into, I know, I feel that energy in the spring. I want to be outside. I want to go for longer walks. I want to go on bike rides again. And so we, if we feel into that seasonal shift and we're tuned in here we will start to notice these subtleties because then summer comes and what happens a lot of times people's workouts slide again and that's actually a good thing ayurvedically speaking so summer is the the worst time to work out because it is the pitta season it is um you know hot you're going to sweat easier um so being mindful of what your workout looks like in the summer is going to be key so Now, knowing all of that and, um, you know, kind of shifting in what was my experience like? So I, from, oh gosh, September until, you know, basically, um, this week I really was doing the class, which is, again, it's the body weight workouts. I did not lift a ton of weights. You know, maybe I lifted weights once every two weeks. And so for myself, um, you know, that felt really good. It felt really healing. You know, I was sick for six weeks um, August through mid-September. And, you know, I supposedly it wasn't COVID, but it was very, uh, COVID adjacent and it was, uh, it was not, it was not pleasant. And so for myself, I really had to take some time to heal and to build up my body. And then, then I ended up with COVID just recently down in Florida and I am vaccinated. Um, but I ended up getting it in Florida when we were on vacation and it actually did not last nearly as long. I mean, that was kind of a it was a quick, quick hit of it, um, versus that August time, but they felt similar. And so for me, once more, I'm kind of on that, okay, back to the rebuilding, but I'm feeling rebuilding and I'm feeling like I want to do some more strength training. So I actually just did a strength training workout today with weights. And I will tell you, I was humbled in the, in the fact that, yeah, I have lost strength from when I last consistently lifted and I had been lifting and have been lifting consistently since I was 16, three days a week. So for me to go, this was probably the biggest break I've ever had of not lifting, um, heavy weights, you know, for, I will just call it six months. And, um, yeah, I noticed it, you know, instead of easily throwing up 20, 25 pound dumbbells, like I'm lifting my tens and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be sore tomorrow. So that was a humbling experience. Um, not saying it's good or bad, not judging it. I just noticing, and that's sometimes what we have to do too when we're coming into these routines. And when we change things up, you know, less judgment on ourselves and more just like compassion and understanding. It might not look how it looked back a year ago, five years ago, ten years ago. You know, we're different. Our bodies are different. So being mindful of that on your wellness journey. Um, cause as I said, that, that protocol, those seven days of, um, your muscle building is something that you're supposed to maintain, you know, from your thirties, you know, into your nineties, Ayurvedically speaking? And it's doesn't mean that your strength training in your thirties is going to look like what it looks like in your nineties, because it's not, you know, it's going to shift. You're going to have different, um, different things that come into factor. Um, and your goal is to kind of keep that tissue or in your Ojas, you know, built up, So that's kind of how I'm looking at it. I am going to go back to strength training, I believe with weights. And I I enjoy lifting heavy weights today after I was done. I'm like, oh yes, I really like this feeling. Um, And that's something that feels good in my body right now. I will incorporate it. But if at one point it starts to feel not so good, um, or I just feel like I'm doing more, more harm than good, then I will tweak it. And so I think that's what we have to look at when we're kind of, um, you know, looking at how we build up our workout programs is what, what feels good now and what needs to be tweaked. So, um, it's all about listening to your body at the end of the day, really, it's all about listening to our bodies. Uh, I do want to share, I do have a free, um, five day anxiety and stress management, um, program. It's an email based program. I'm going to have some live coaching in the uh, private Facebook group as well but i really wanted to get that um get that off the ground so i'm doing it live and it's going to start january 24th and again it's free it's this 5-day program and i'm doing this because when i sent out my survey a few weeks ago this is a big topic that came back with stress management and anxiety and especially with the world being up down you know we don't know what's next and there is just this you know anxious feeling i wanted to give some ayurvedic tools that work for myself you know i told my my business coach um, I feel pretty calm. And she's like, but you've been doing these practices, you know, for how many years? Like, that's a great point, you know, but people, we don't always know, like, where do, where did I get this information? I learned, you know, I learned from teachers. So I wanted to share this, you know, the stuff that's been working for me with you. So you have some um, practices that you can rely on and pull from your tool belt. And they're all, they're going to be short videos every day, 10 minutes or less, that's emailed to you. And these are not going to be more on your plate. These are going to be literally, if you just open up one of the five days and you watch the video, you should easily be able to find a practice that you can implement. So that's my goal with the five days is not to give you, um, you know, more to do is it's more like, okay, if you just pop in when you can, um, or even if it's two weeks after the challenge and you pop in and try a practice, you'll be able to implement that stress management and anxiety, um, management practice so that can be found in the show notes, um, as well as just on my website. If you just go to andreclass.com, it's right on that homepage. Um, I put it there. So again, it is going to be a live training if you can make it live, um, January 24th. So, um, come join and relax, relax with me. All right. Thank you all so much and go out there and spread your peaceful power.